If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Bonus Break. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg. The Bonus Break is a short episode you can listen to while taking a coffee break and get the added bonus of making you and your nonprofit more successful. Produced as a companion to our longer Successful Nonprofits podcast, the Bonus Break covers all the topics you care most about. Professional development, fundraising, governance, board relations, marketing, tech, and more. Today's Bonus Break is the sixth part of a multi-Bonus Break series about strategic planning. It is worth your time to check out the first five episodes, so head on over to SuccessfulNonprofits.com, download and listen to them if you have not already. This sixth bonus break in our strategic planning series is about the board retreat. Since only a portion of the board serves on the strategic planning work group, the board retreat is an incredibly important opportunity to ensure that board members share their feedback and feel ownership for the emerging strategic plan. So in this bonus break, we are going to discuss what should be on your board retreat agenda, how to structure your board retreat so that board members have strong buy-in, the role of the work group members, and of course, the role of the strategic planning consultant. And finally, what do you want to avoid during the board retreat? There are some things that if they happen at your retreat will derail the important work that is supposed to be done. Now, the primary challenge of the board retreat is to help the board members feel like they have been part of the strategic planning journey. After all, over 200 hours of work have gone into preparing the information for this retreat, but you have a comparatively short amount of time to communicate this information to the board. In case you're surprised by this 150 to 200 hour number, let's do the math. Let's assume you have seven workgroup members who participated in six bi-weekly workgroup meetings leading up to the retreat, and that on average, each of the workgroup members did about two hours of work every week. Then your equation looks something like this. Seven people times 12 weeks times two hours each week, and that equals 168 hours. 
And don't forget the 50 to 60 hours that your consultant has invested in facilitating and assisting the work group. So now you can see there are well over 200 hours of interviewing, analyzing, organizing, and deliberating in order to reach the retreat. As a strategic planning consultant, I design a retreat schedule that helps board members feel they have been part of the strategic planning journey from the very first workgroup meeting. Toward this end, I typically recommend a very simple retreat agenda, and I actually share a copy of the agenda on the Successful Nonprofits blog. But essentially, there's an opening ritual that takes about 15 minutes. There's a morning session that takes a little less than three hours, and the morning session includes a report out from the work group, as well as a review of the mission, vision, and core values by the full board. Lunchtime takes about 45 minutes, and we do an activity during lunch, and then there's an afternoon session that typically takes about two hours or two and a half hours, and that afternoon session, what we'll do is we'll review and refine the big, bold goal. We'll do some mind mapping around the Big Bold Goal. And, of course, we'll have uh, report backs if there are multiple breakout groups and a closing ritual. On this agenda, we start the retreat with an opening ritual or check-in. This is typically a generative question and something like, at the end of the day, how will we know this retreat has been a success? In offering this ritual, it is very important to limit board member responses to just one or two minutes in order to stay on time. Because think about it. If you've got nine or ten board members and all of them take four or five minutes, you have just lost between 40 and 50 minutes of time in your agenda. So to help enforce the time limit, I typically bring a cheap stopwatch, and the person who just answered the question times the response of the board member sitting next to them. So just as the board members kind of go in order around the room and share their answer to the question, the stopwatch follows the board members going around the room as well. At the retreat, the morning session is essentially a report out by the strategic planning work group. I've helped the work group produce a PowerPoint presentation that is heavy on graphics and light on text and that distills all of the information gathered during the environmental scan. So the stakeholder interviews, the financial analysis, the program analysis, the fundraising analysis, and of course, the board analysis. It is very important that the PowerPoint presentation be tight and without a lot of text because each slide is simply a visual support for a work group member who has become a subject matter expert over the past 12 weeks. When I lead strategic planning, and you've probably already picked up on this, the work group usually presents about 90 to 95% of this report out. And I am maybe doing 5 or 10%, typically just the board analysis. And the reason is that this is a time for work group members to shine by sharing their planning journey with their board member peers. Typically, Each workgroup member presents on a specific topic from the environmental scan. So one workgroup member will explain how the stakeholder surveys were conducted and share the high-level trends from those interviews. Another may review the multi-year financial analysis, while a third workgroup member might walk the board through the program analysis. The point is that every workgroup member has a speaking role in the presentation, and the entire workgroup takes board questions after each slide. 
the opportunity to ask questions is a critical component to the board feeling genuine ownership of the data that's being presented. Now, you may recall that the work group also reviewed and proposed revisions to the organization's mission, vision, and core values. Many board members express a strong commitment for the current mission, especially specific phrases or sentences that detail specific constituencies or services. And for this reason, I have developed an exercise to help board members let go of their current mission and embrace the stronger, more impactful proposed mission. This exercise has the added benefit of allowing board members to get up and walk around after about 90 minutes of sitting and listening. We divide the board into two groups and give each group a word scramble. You know, it's a word scramble. So essentially, it's a sheet of paper or an envelope with all of the words kind of scrambled up, all of the words from either the proposed mission or the current mission kind of scrambled up. Now, Obviously, one word scramble includes all of the words from the current mission, while the other scramble includes the words of the proposed mission. And remember, that proposed mission is 10 words or less. Now, each group has to unscramble the words to assemble the current or the proposed mission. And the groups are also informed that this is a timed but friendly competition. On the Successful Nonprofits blog, I've given two examples of these word scrambles. One has about 40 words in it, and then the other has, I think, about nine words in it. So the group that is unscrambling the proposed mission typically competes their task in about 45 to 90 seconds. This group now has the proposed mission laid out on a table, and it can be perfectly read in five seconds, three seconds or less. Meanwhile, the group unscrambling the current mission is often still organizing words after about two minutes. Now keep in mind, the members of this group have heard the current mission, they have read the current mission on organizational documents, and they may have even helped draft it years ago. It's not unusual for the group that already finished unscrambling the proposed mission to walk over and try to help their counterparts actually finish putting together and unscrambling the current mission. Ten minutes later, the current mission is often still not fully unscrambled, and people are often uncertain where specific words or phrases fit into the mission. So you start to see the outline of the current mission appear, but people will say, gosh, you know, where does this word fit or where does this phrase fit? This exercise helps every board member understand that long mission that they've always loved does not really work for them as an organization. As we discuss the exercise as a group, every board member is typically willing to abandon the current mission and are open to reviewing and finalizing the proposed mission. So during that review, it is very common for the board to make the mission even tighter by removing a word or two or replacing two words with a single, more impactful one. And as they do this, as they make these changes to the proposed mission, the board is really assuming full ownership of the proposed mission. We also present the proposed vision as a word scramble. But we don't make it a competition, since 
Every board member now understands the importance of a succinct statement, whether you're looking at mission or vision statement. We ask them to unscramble the proposed vision as one group. And once unscrambled, the board once again discusses, reviews, and refines the statement. And finally, the work group presents the core values and gets feedback from the full board. Once again, the value statements almost always change through this process, and this is a healthy sign that the board is owning the work group's results. At lunch, I will offer a short activity for all board members to do. Sometimes it's speaking with another board member about their love story with the organization. Other times, we ask board members to write a phrase about the organization on a whiteboard and take a photo of them beside it. This lunch is designed really to be a break from strategic planning, so we try not to discuss strategic planning at all, and it typically lasts about 45 minutes. Now, some organizations will ask if they can hold a board meeting during lunch, and I've got to tell you that I regret the few times I agreed to this. In fact, I've actually found that holding a board meeting at any point during the day is a tremendous mistake that impacts the tone of the entire retreat. Now, there are two reasons why boards should not have a board meeting as part of their retreat. The first is it switches every board member's mindset from strategic to tactical. And once their frame of mind is switched to the everyday tactical work of the board, board members often have a difficult time transitioning back to strategic. Additionally, I have yet to see a board meeting at a retreat that takes only the amount of time allotted on the agenda. They always run over, and they often run over by 30 or 45 minutes. And what this means is now the important strategic planning work that has to be done at the retreat becomes rushed. So let's get back to the retreat agenda. After lunch, the board focuses on reviewing and revising the big, bold goal. Keeping in mind that a small organization should have no more than one big, bold goal and a large organization should have no more than two, a key role in facilitation is helping the board revise the goals without adding additional goals, or my personal favorite, without sneaking them in at the end of a big, bold goal. Now, once the big, bold goal has been refined and tweaked by the board, it begins to mind map this goal. If there's only one big, bold goal, the board as a whole works on a mind map of how to achieve it. If there are two big, bold goals, we will divide the board into two and have each group work on one goal. So the mind map is simply a graphic representation of everything you need to achieve your big, bold goal. As an example, if the big, bold goal is end child hunger in greater Houston by 2025, the board will map out all of the resources and inputs necessary to make this reality. So what do you need to end child hunger in your community? So obviously, you need access to food, but where do you get it from? The mind map might show partnerships with grocery stores, food banks, local farmers, local gardeners, etc., now, if you have food, how do you get it to those in need? To answer this question, the mind map might include vans and, of course, drivers to actually move those vans around the region. It might include transit passes or maybe even local pickup points in food deserts. What staffing do you need? In this case, the mind map will not only just delineate program staff, but also the management and fundraising staff necessary to support this operation.
This is an exciting and creative process, and boards really get into it. After all, they join the board hoping to work on high-level issues, and it helps them envision what the organization can actually achieve. Board members will often leave this process understanding why an organization really should grow from where it is into something even bigger and stronger and more impactful. Preparing the mind maps will often take 90 minutes or more. And if there are two mind mapping groups, the retreat should allow for a period when the two groups can come back together and report to each other on the work that they have done. Once that report back has occurred, we roll up the mind map for use by the work group in writing the final plan. And now we're typically down to the final 30 minutes or so of the retreat. In this last half hour, we outline the next steps for the board, and we make sure that they understand essentially how the strategic plan will actually be written and how it will come back to them for approval as well as the timeline. And this typically then leaves us about 15 minutes for a closing ritual. The closing ritual is often another generative question that helps the board understand its role in overseeing strategic plan implementation. Now that the strategic planning retreat has ended after a long day of hard work, I always suggest the boards have an opportunity for social time at a happy hour or, a, or maybe a group dinner. And I also encourage them to invite spouses. This social time with spouses is critical because it allows board members to get to know each other and it also helps board spouses feel more connected to the organization. We are starting to wind down this nonprofit strategic planning series, and we only have about three more bonus breaks left in the series. Our next installment will outline how to use the information from the environmental scan and the board retreat to draft your actual strategic plan. This bonus break in the Successful Nonprofits podcast is produced by the Goldenberg Group as part of our mission to provide board development, strategic planning, and interim leadership to help nonprofits thrive in a competitive environment. Be sure to visit our website at SuccessfulNonprofits.com, and you can find me there or at GoldenbergGroup.com, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Kind of not real happy with Facebook right now, which is why I'm not saying Facebook. And if you think your organization is ready to begin strategic planning, reach out to me. Thank you for joining us for this bonus break. I hope you gained some insight to help your nonprofit thrive in a competitive environment. I am not an accountant or attorney, and neither I nor the Goldberg Group provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This material has been provided for informational purposes only, is not intended to provide, and should not be relied on for tax, legal, or accounting advice. Always consult a qualified, licensed professional about such matters.